Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Get Into It with Gila. I'm Gila Glassberg. Um, and today is May 5th, 2021. And um, I think that we are all going through collective mourning and grief right now. Um, maybe you're not listening to this right um, in real time, but um, last week on Friday, or Thursday night was um, the stampede in Mayroon, and 45 people were killed. And um, I thought a lot about this week, you know, going about my day and my week as regular. Um, Yeah, just trying to have a normal week, but I don't know about you, but I just can't. I can't post pictures of my food or post my thoughts about intuitive eating when I know that we've lost so many innocent people and so many people are grieving and and we all are grieving. So I thought about just doing an episode about grief and loss and those real feelings those raw feelings, those acute feelings when you're in the midst of a crisis, I would say. Um, You know, besides for this very large loss that the Jewish nation has suffered, and it's very painful and confusing and really hard to swallow and process, although all all loss is, that was not just an isolated moment in my life. Um, in these last few weeks, there have been so many tragedies um, in my direct life, as well as people who I who I know. Um, and it's been really, really hard, really, really hard. It's it's an interesting um, experience for me. I feel like um, not to not to like make this about me at all because it's not about me at all. But it's it's an interesting thing that happens when when you yourself have um, suffered a direct loss of somebody who's very close to you. So um, just to share a little bit about my story, which I've already shared, you know, bits and pieces here on the podcast and in a lot of my writing, um, if you want to see, if you want to see some of my writing about grief, you could go to my website, gilaglassport.com. And I also blogged on Project Proactive website. So you could check that out if you're interested. Um, it's an interesting thing. I just had a session with my therapist last week before Demi Rune incident. And we were talking about something that happened to someone in the community. And I just said, like, there's, I'm not trying to make meaning out of the suffering, but like some people, (laughs) some people do relate more to like grief, loss, um, death, depth. And she said, yeah, like when you walk into a Shiva house, um, it reminds you of like the important things in your life. The really important things in your life. And it, it really does. It really gives you, you know, hearing about a tragedy is different than being in the midst of a tragedy, in my opinion, or at least in my experience. 
when you're physically experiencing the tragedy, like you're walking into the Shiva house or you're hearing the stories about, about the person who died, you're experiencing loss in your own head and your own body. And it really does sort of have you evaluate what's important to you. So, so for me with my own loss, um, there ha- I have actually a lot, I've suffered many losses actually, but the, I guess that I could say the most painful and the most severe grief and loss that I experienced was losing my mother. And, um, so it was two and a half years ago. She died on September 17th, 2018. And, um, she was totally fine. Actually, my brother got married on June 13th, my little brother Barach. And it was a family simcha. Everybody was good. And then a few, maybe a week later, she started feeling sick. And they thought it was kidney stones, which I think it was. And they did a procedure to get rid of the kidney stones, but then she was still having pain. And they told her that she had a fibroid. And she was 56, so it wasn't really, like, life-threatening. It was something that needed to be taken care of because she was experiencing pain, but it wasn't anything, you know, um, major from what we were told. And they decided to do a hysterectomy, so remove her uterus, which was sad for her because she she had nine children, but she was very happy to say, if this is going to save my life, I'm happy to do it. Like, I don't have any ill feelings towards Hashem. I heard her say that many times. I'll get through this. And um, on the day that she had her surgery, which was August 8th, they found stage four cancer, uterine sarcoma, which is a very rare form of cancer. And from what I was told, it's very hard to treat. And it's not, um, we don't have a lot of research behind it, how to treat it. or I'm not exactly sure of the medical jargon, but that's what, that's what we were told. And um, it was sort of like on that day, like there was the grieving process started because I thought maybe my mom's going to die, but you don't really let your mind go there. And you definitely don't think it's going to happen in six weeks. Nobody thought that. I mean, it was a collective, it felt like a tragedy, like a communal tragedy. Those who knew my mom knew my mom. She was a very alive, vibrant member of the community. She wasn't like, um, a quiet, idle woman. If you knew her, you know what I'm talking about. She was, she walked into her room and she was loud and she was opinionated and she (laughs) was bubbly and she had a very cool sense of style. And she was definitely a unique person. And, um, she, she just, she wasn't herself after the surgery, but she was totally with it there. And, um, she started chemo. She was, she did two rounds of chemo and then she just ended up in the ICU. I'm not exactly sure, sepsis or something, some sort of infection. And she ended up passing away. Um, she was admitted on she went to the hospital on Rosh Hashanah, which was, I think, on a Tuesday. And um, I went, I got there on Friday. I got to Rochester on Friday. And by the time I got there, she knew I was there. But by 
Shabbos Sunday, she wasn't really conscious. And then by Monday, she passed away. Um, and I was nine months pregnant with my son, Nehemiah. And he was breached, so I had to have a C-section. And um, I had to have a C-section in Rochester because I was due and I was breached. And I didn't want to leave, obviously. So I didn't want there to be any complications with my baby. Um, but it was so, like, it was so surreal being in the hospital and, like, being there when she died and um, going to her funeral. And I only, I really only sat Shiva for two hours because she died on a Monday and Tuesday was era of Yom Kippur. So we got up from Shiva after two hours after the funeral. And, you know, we were all together. My whole family was there. And it was just, you're just in a state of shock. You can't really absorb that pain. You can't really process that pain in those moments. Um, and I stayed in Rochester the rest of Sukkot, and we had the bris in Rochester, and then we went home. And it wasn't until like a few, maybe days or weeks, that it really started to like come crashing down the the things that I saw, the things that I heard, the experiences that I had. And, you know, I just had a session with someone tonight who was talking about her own grief. And she said, like, grief just becomes a part of you. And it just comes in waves. It comes whenever it wants. And you just have to ride that wave. And um, I think even if you even if you haven't experienced a, a direct loss, you could understand what I'm talking about. And especially right now, we're all sort of dealing with this communal loss. But it's been two and a half years. And one really good piece of advice I got was actually from my rabbi from seminary, Rabbi Fix. And it was probably a year ago. So that was after she had, my mother had died a year and like the year and a half mark. And he said, he, he told me that his own aunt told him after his father died that the Avelis is really two years. You know, the 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 really severe mourning is really two years. And he just kind of gave me that, like, space that I needed to know that the one-year mark doesn't mean the same for everyone. And people say, you know, time heals, but, like, doesn't really, it doesn't really match the emotion going on because you're, what do you do with the time that you're in, right? So, there's nothing really to say. Like I, I used to go to my therapist thinking she's going to bring my mom back or she's going to make my pain go away. And she really didn't. A lot of the times she just let me cry and she didn't change the subject. And she let me express myself and she wasn't judging me when I was angry at Hashem. And she validated all the feelings that I felt. And, um, for me, something that I really like, something that I really learned in, in all this is that like, after I, after I gave birth, right? Cause after my mom died, I gave birth. So I got mommy meals and like, I remember somebody coming over and dropping off a meal and like, I don't want to sing. I don't want to bother you. I'm just going to run. And I was, I was so sad that she left. I was so sad that she was afraid to be near me. Cause I was because I had lost my mother, I, I wanted to talk to her, I wanted to be with her, I wanted to express myself, I wanted to have a sense of community or a friend, and 
not that I'm not blaming her. I don't think she did anything wrong. She didn't really know what to do, but I realized that like we're all afraid to pay a call, including myself, including myself, 100%. And, um, but what I, what I realized and what I know, and it's kind of hard to know unless you experience it, and I hope you never have to, but I'm just telling you from my experience is that when somebody came to pay a call to me in those two hours, so their discomfort, I wasn't even, I wasn't aware of their discomfort because my pain was so great. I'm not taking away the pain of feeling uncomfortable. I'm just saying that, re- remember this when you pay a shiva call, that person's pain is so large. It's larger than life. It's larger than, than, than anything you can ever imagine. And so your discomfort, although it's there and it's okay to feel uncomfortable in the face of death and pain, it's still so valuable for, for you to show up and sort of like, put your discomfort on the chair next to you and just be there with the person. So yeah, sometimes we do say stupid things and sometimes we do say the wrong thing, but it's okay. It's okay to try. And something that a different therapist, I think Paral Brown once said this to me once she said, I said, um, whenever I bring up my mom to my friends or to certain friends, they change the subject. And I realized that I used to do that to people when they would bring up somebody they lost because I I don't know why I thought they don't want to talk. They must not want to talk about it until I realized after my mom died, obviously, if I'm bringing it up, I want to talk about it. So please don't change the subject. And she said to me, you need to communicate that to your friends. You need to say when when you change the subject, it hurts my feelings. And I, I would like to continue talking about my mom. And there, I have a group of really good friends who I've really tried to communicate that with them when they, you know, if they're talking about their mom, they ask me, is it okay? And I always say, please don't not talk about your mother. I want to hear about your mother and I'll talk about my mother. You talk about your mother. And, and, and that's a very nice thing that they, they, they're able to ask. So don't assume that somebody doesn't want to talk about the person who they lost because a lot of times they do. And a lot of times, um, you giving them the space and the attention to talk about the person who died is like the probably the biggest gift that you could give somebody because even in my own life even two and a half years later it's really really hard to find people who are comfortable being uncomfortable in your pain and like I said before like the pain of loss and grief is so it's bigger than anything that you could ever imagine so even if even if you're feeling like this is too hard for me to sit in the discomfort just know that that it's 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 like it's it's the discomfort compared to the pain is really nothing and i'm not i'm not trying to negate the discomfort i'm just trying to give you context into what what it's like like that person Maybe you're feeling uncomfortable because you think the person thinks you look uncomfortable or feel uncomfortable, but they're just so happy. A lot of people are very happy to have that space and have that recognition that like their pain is valid and that somebody else could like sort of hold that space for even just those moments and smile when you're smiling and maybe cry or feel look sad when you look sad. And I hate to be the person that understand this type of grief but just I kind of wish somebody would have explained this to me you know like have that have that hard conversation so 
right now, um, I have a few podcasts that I recorded with some really cool people. And I just, I don't feel, I didn't feel comfortable. I didn't feel comfortable putting out stuff about intuitive eating, although it's super important. And if something came up that you wanted to share, share it. And if maybe you noticed, I talked a little bit about this on my Instagram about like using food to cope with your emotions this week. And there's nothing wrong with using food to cope with your emotions. As long as it's not your only coping skill, as long as you have some other tools in your toolkit, right? Like if every single time you feel a really strong emotion like sadness or anger or jealousy, you go and eat, you're not dealing with that feeling. But if sometimes you need a break from those heavy feelings or you're frequently feeling those feelings or you're going through a loss or grief, please give yourself the grace to distract yourself with something pleasurable like food. And if it's the only thing that you're using, I would say, please try to learn other skills or make space for other skills and and learn what helps you. What helps you? Um, actually, um, just to make a plug for self care, but not not the not the bubble baths and the manicure self care, but like the actual learning what your needs are and giving them to yourself. Um, when I was when I was in the earlier stages of grief, and I would talk about this with my therapist, she asked me to um, tell me like what my depression was on a scale of like say zero to ten, and zero being the most depressed and 10 being the happiest. And I said, probably like a two in like my saddest moments. And she said, okay, when was the last time that you felt like on the higher, like a happier side of the scale, like a seven, eight, nine, ten? 10. And I said, the time that I, that came to mind for me, and I said this on my Instagram is that every Friday I tried to have a date with my friend and we go to a little falafel place here called Geffen. And we really like it. And it's just one of those, I'm such a foodie and I'm such a cultural food person. I love like Israeli food, Mediterranean food, and they have really yummy falafel and fresh bright salad. And you feel like you're in Israel. It's a tiny little store. And like you end up sitting next to the couple next to you because the tables are so small and you're schmoozing with the couples next to you and having a blast. And so she's like, okay, so how much did that cost you? I don't know, $8. How much time did it take? An hour. And it it put you on what on the scale? Probably an eight. So she's like, isn't that worth it for you to do that more often for $8 in one hour? And I was like, "Uh, yeah, it is. So um, this podcast won't take away your pain and I won't take away your pain and nothing should take away your pain because when we suffer a loss, we should feel pain. That's normal. And you should welcome those feelings and pushing those feelings away just to make them worse and they manifest in all sorts of ways so my advice to you my person for my personal life not professionally speaking just for my personal life is that make space for all your feelings when you feel sad let yourself feel sad um sometimes food will help take the edge off make sure you have other tools as well figuring out your love language is really powerful and giving it to yourself. Mine's quality time. So I really try to have quality time in my schedule every single week. Exercise is a really good way to feel like embody your body, feel in your body, yoga. Um, for some people dance, I hate to dance. I don't know how to dance, but for some people dance, playing sad music, playing happy music to change your mood, whatever feels right to you, journaling, meditating, calling a friend. Um, 
all of these things can be utilized at different times. So grant yourself the grace as well to understand that in some moments you're going to want to stay in that sadness. In some moments you're going to want to change the environment and leave the house. In some moments you're going to want to scream and cry. Um, sometimes you're going to need a session with your therapist or two sessions with your therapist that week. That's all normal. And just know that like sometimes our feelings are really painful and then the feelings about the pain about those feelings are even more painful because we're judging ourselves and we're feeling like we should and we could be better and we shouldn't be feeling sad anymore but doesn't don't 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 buy into that all feelings are valid all feelings are welcome the more gentler you are with yourself the better off you'll be the more calm you'll be the more um compassionate towards yourself you'll be the more you'll be able to move and move forward so I am granting my deepest condolences from the bottom of my heart and um, I'm here if you want to share, if you want to talk, if you want um, me to share something for you on Instagram about something that you're dealing with or coping with or have a strategy that you want to share. And yeah, I just really wanted to, I wanted to put this out there even though it's hard and maybe, maybe, maybe I said the wrong thing and I'm, I'm happy to hear feedback as well. Um, and I'm, I'm wishing from the bottom of my heart that Mashiach comes soon and that all the suffering in the world could, could just go away. And Mashiach should come soon.